You are listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast with pet business coach Kristen Morrison, episode number 37. Welcome to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast, where it's all about pet business challenges, real coaching, and real solutions to help you thrive in your pet business and in your life. And now, here's your host, pet business coach, Kristen Morrison. Want to take what you're learning from the podcast and begin to apply it in your own pet business so you can see powerful results? The Pet Business Online Course Learning Platform can help you do that. You'll find instant access courses that can help you launch or grow your pet business starting right now. You can watch, listen, and learn from the courses right now or whenever works best for you and from wherever you're at in the world. The How to Start Your Pet Sitting and Dog Walking Business in 7 Days online course gives you step-by-step instruction and comprehensive tools to help you launch your own pet care business and get paying clients in just one week. The four-week Pet Business Catapult program provides a weekly comprehensive plan to help you create systems and strategies so you can work on your business instead of in your business. You'll also learn exactly what you need to find, hire, and train quality staff and attract high-paying, profitable clients. With these classes and the many other online classes you'll find on the course platform, Platform, you can take your pet business to a new level of growth and success starting right now. Go to petbusinesscourses.com. That's petbusinesscourses.com or use the online learning platform link in the show notes page to start transforming your pet business right now. You'll find many classes for all your business needs, including how to get your website higher on the search engines and how to use Facebook marketing to grow your pet business, plus many others. New courses are added monthly. These online courses provide solutions and actionable steps so you can quickly take your business to a new level of growth and profitability. And you'll receive your courses in less than 60 seconds after ordering. To find out more, go to PetBusinessCourses.com. Hi, pet business owners. Welcome to the new year. Some of you may not be listening to this when it's the new year, but I'm releasing this on January 2nd, and I'm so excited, you guys, to have this be a brand new season of the podcast. I put out an invitation, I should say, an offering um, last month and invited pet sitters, dog walkers, dog trainers, pet groomers, all kinds of service-based pet business owners to apply for a free coaching session with me, which I told them would appear on the podcast. The new season is going to be containing real-life coaching sessions. These are not made up. These are actual sessions that I've done. I have limited the editing because I really want you to experience what it's like to be on the receiving end of a coaching session with me. And you may be struggling with a lot of the issues that we'll be covering this season. We're going to be talking about hiring, marketing, the challenge around having a website that actually works and creates great clients coming to you easily and effortlessly. There's going to be a lot of different topics. So if one coaching session that you listen to 
doesn't really resonate with you in terms of what you're struggling with, the next one probably will. And even if you're not struggling with whatever the coaching client on the other end of the line is struggling with, you can still gain some value from it. The coaching sessions often are twisty and windy. I never know where they're going to go. And because of that, I really don't want to edit them. I want them to be mostly released in their entirety. However, today's coaching session has some confidential information in it. When I coached her, she shared something with me that was confidential and I bleeped it out a number of different places. And instead of a typical beep, what you will hear is a dog barking. <laughs> so that is the bleep. So when you hear a dog barking, that is information that we decided to bleep out. It's not Polly's dog barking in the background. This is unusual. You won't experience this for most of the coaching sessions that you hear in upcoming episodes, but I did want to let you know that. And it was such a pleasure and a delight to work with Polly. She is a pet sitter and dog walker in Portland, and she is going through a big transformation, as a lot of pet business owners are. So without further ado, we're just going to dive into the coaching session and I'm going to bring you along with me and I will meet you on the other side of the session. Hi. Hi. Is that Kristen? Yes, it is. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to speak to you. Oh, and I'm so excited, and I love that you have such a beautiful accent. Oh, beautiful English accent. Oh, it's <laughs> wonderful. Thank you. Oh, so just so you know, you may hear me writing in the background. I take notes as I'm as I'm hearing you, so you may hear that. Okay, That's what's going on? Um, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, can you hear okay. me okay? Yes, you sound very crystal clear. So that's really great. Yay! <laughs> okay, so why don't you tell me a little bit about your business and also what you're, what you're struggling with? Okay, um, so I own and my husband works with me and we offer off-leash adventures, so off-leash hikes with a small pack of dogs and then mm -hmm. um, neighborhood dog walks and pet sitting um, and overnight pet sitting as well as drop-in visits. Okay, great. Um, and we've been officially for two years um, in April 2019. Mm -hmm. So great. we're pretty, pretty new, mm -hmm. um, but it's, you know, we've grown from something very small to something really, really great and um, it's kind of growing steadily each month and Great. It's really, really fun. We, we love it. Well, great. That's wonderful. And congratulations on two years and that you've created a successful business like that. Well, um, I have to say it's largely part to um, your book because I read your book and it kind of catapulted me into just looking at things differently and it, it was a huge huge help so thank I'm you I'm so glad which book which book is it that you're referring to I'm just curious it was the um oh, I can't even it's not the most recent one 
Oh, is it, it six-figure six pet sitting? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, great. Good. I'm so glad it could help you. That's great. Oh, it was massively helpful. It was like I'm a glad. Bible. Oh, <laughs> yay. Good. I'm glad. So here you are, two years in. What? Tell me what's going on now that's causing you to have wanted to to have a phone call with me. Well, um, we're... So, obviously, we're living in Portland, Oregon. Okay. And my, my family lives in rural England. Oh, uh-huh. And um, we're living in a city, and it's a great city, but we're, we're wanting to have a more rural life. So, yes. we're trying to... We're kind of coming to the decision that moving back to England is what we want to do as a family. Yeah. And, you know, I know I found my passion working with animals is 100% what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suppose the challenge is that we're wanting to sell this kind of relatively new business mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and move to England, rural England, which would be so completely different. But, yeah. Um, and to restart there and okay great have different expectations but hopefully you know make it successful in its own way okay great that kind of the challenge is to you know really figure out now we know the decision that we want to do great that's helpful (laughs) yeah i know what you where you want to go what direction you want to face into so great so we're you know now we've like taken that decision but now it's like okay how do we successfully sell this new new business is that even an option and yes it absolutely is just so you know um do you feel comfortable telling me what you're grossing and what you're netting and if you don't that's okay but if you want to that would be helpful okay great fine so um our biggest month that we've had it was in november and it was Uh Just over ten thousand. So oh, that's great. That's but that, but fantastic. That was great. Yeah, but still, for a two-year-old business, mm-hmm. that is really, really impressive. I know. I'm yeah. really proud of it. I'm I, amazed. You should be. You should be. That's great. <laughs> so, for Net, are you? Is you and your husband doing the work? Do you have other people that are working with you as well, or is it just you guys? It's, well, we have someone that helps out, but just very, you know, we haven't got enough work to give her some got it. And okay. just a little bit here and there. Oh, okay. yeah, it's just me and my husband. Okay, and what is the net? Uh, well, last month it was, so when you, so in terms of the net. Um, yeah. So net would be, you take the gross and then you take all the business expenses. Oh, yeah. And you can just give me an estimation if you want, you know, if you're not clear on it. But um, this so would be I, good. Yeah. Well, I actually I have it on my computer. Oh, perfect. Okay, um, great. But it, it it was something like if we're taking off the rent that we pay and things like that in terms of expenses. Yeah. Um, so, well, you uh, are you talking about your home? Yes. Okay, so you can only take off a certain percentage of that. Right. So it wouldn't be your whole rent. It would be a percentage, and it's based on the office space that you use. Right. Uh, based on the square footage. So, but we can just talk approximation, and then you can kind of crunch those numbers and get clear. So, okay. Um, yeah. Give me like a rough estimation of what the net might be so, for, let's say, November. 
Okay, so I would say it would be about six thousand. Okay. Well, maybe maybe eight thousand if I'm not using counting the the rent, the total rent. Okay, got yes. it. Okay, great. Okay, so let's say eight thousand, and then you said that was your biggest month. What was your lowest gross grossing month this year? Would you say, and how much was it? So, um, well, my husband only joined me in February. Okay. So we were at like maybe six thousand before he joined. Okay. But then, when it's both of us, the lowest mm-hmm. that we've had is about eight thousand. Okay, great. Okay. Um, so, tell me approximately what you're looking at grossing uh, this year, and then, then also last. Year. If you can tell me that and the and approximate net, that'll help me determine what you might be able to ask for your business. Okay. If you were to sell it. So this year, um, it's going to be about close to ninety thousand, I think. Okay. Great. Um, so that's the growth. And okay, then great. the net, I would have to look at that. And let's just just for the sake of of figuring out you know, what what you might be able to sell your business for. Let's just say 60 as the net. We'll kind of put that as a placeholder. And okay. then 2017, what was the growth? And, and we can kind of figure out the net. So it was much lower. It was okay. close to 50,000. Okay. Still, that is quite good for a, a new business. I have worked with people who have, you know, like started in, January of one year, and then by the end of the year, they've grossed a hundred thousand. But that's mm-hmm. very rare. You know, some people can do it, but usually it's coming on. But the fact that you kind of went from nothing to something, I know. <laughs> and then in a year, you grow fifty thousand. That's just just wonderful. And I know Portland is growing by leaps yeah. and bounds. I've worked with a number of. Portland pet sitters and dog walkers, and I just know it's booming right now. And it is. It's busy, and the traffic is kind of crazy, getting crazier by the day. Yeah. I mean, there are so many animals, and everyone loves loves dogs. I know. I know. It's it's great how easily it happens without yeah. It's wonderful. So here's what you're probably looking at, and look in terms of the net. I mean, startup is always going to be a lower net because you've invested in a website and other things. So just for the sake of doing this, let's just say 20K yep. for net for 2017 and then for 2018-60. Okay. So typically, you're kind of unusual in that you've had your business for two years. You're looking at possibly selling it. So I'm going to tell you if you've had your business for a while, what you'd be looking at. And then looking at your specific business and what you could possibly get for it. So okay. if you'd had your business for a while, you would be looking at the last three years net and then kind of averaging those out. Okay. It's a huge risk for a buyer to buy a service-based business. Yes. And so in order to really make it something that they feel comfortable buying, they're looking at the last three years. On average, even if the last year was amazingly good, they're still going to factor in the prior two years. Um, So they're going to average that out, and usually of the, and they're going to be looking at the net more than the growth. 
because the net is really the true number, right? Right. So when you have those three years and the average, you're going to be looking at anywhere from one to two times the net is usually the purchase price. And that's for someone that's had their business for, you know, three years or longer. With you, it's a little different because you've had your business for two years. However, it's similar in that you are showing this upward trajectory that is quite enormous, and it really bodes well for a buyer who's looking at these numbers going, wow, he started your business two years ago. Yeah. It's grossing, you know, after two years, grossing 90000 um, netting about sixty. So what I would recommend is them, the buyer, if I were to co- be coaching a buyer, I would say you're going to want to look at that net because they have done something that a lot of pet business owners don't do is that they've increased their income substantially in the space mm-hmm. of a short amount of time, from zero to 60, you know? Yeah. So. I would say it would be the same thing for you. You know, I would say you could probably get a buyer that would be be willing to pay anywhere from 60 to, and this is very extreme, it's rare that you would get two times the net, especially for a, you know, two-year-old business, but possibly up to 120000 because it shows such a good track record in such a short amount of time. But more realistically, you're probably looking at, you know, sixty to seventy-five thousand to ninety thousand is what you could you could get. Now the thing is, when you're selling your business, you're going to want to price it above. It's like buying a car or selling a car. Mm-hmm. You want to have some negotiating power there um, because the prospective buyer is most certainly going to offer less than what you're asking. Right. It's just human nature, you know? Want to get a good deal. Totally. We all want that, right, when we're buying something that's especially a high-ticket item, <laughs> like a business right. or a car or a house. So um, typically with a newer business, I would not recommend getting a business broker, but because you, I'm assuming, want to make this change within the next year, is that accurate? Yes. Okay. Actually, what, tell me the timeline that you're looking at, just so I can be clear. So we're hoping to leave by this time next year. Okay, so perfect. By December, yeah. So I would actually, I would actually get a broker um, because this is something that you are certain you're going to going to be doing, and it's going to help you in the process. Now, be aware two things about a broker. One is that the first is you're going to have to pay a commission on the purchase price. Yeah. So it tends to be anywhere from 10 to 12 to sometimes a little more or less than that um, commission for the broker. Okay. Um, the thing is with a broker, they can often get a higher purchase price for you because they have access to a lot of different potential buyers. So sometimes there's even a bidding war for this type of business because it's an attractive business for a lot of people who are getting out of the corporate rat race, you know. Right. <laughs> and it's a turnkey business, meaning they can start it right away, you know. How, I, I want to let you know, though, there's one disadvantage to your business, 
Um, and that is that your name is in the business name? Yes. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to change it before you sell the business. And, in fact, I wouldn't make any changes if you want to sell the business. I would keep it as it is. But continue to actually grow the business if you can. Because okay. the more months that you show the business increasing, the, the more likely it is that you're going to get a higher purchase price for it. Okay. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing to hire a broker, you can't, once you sign a contract with them, you can't go with anybody else. Okay. So you really want to be sure that that particular broker is the one you want to work with. They usually have anywhere from six to nine months kind of commitment that you have, you're kind of locked in in terms okay. of working with them. There's something else about that too. I really want to encourage you to interview different business brokers. Yeah. Because, you know, it's sort of like hiring a staff member in that you're going to be working very closely with this person and you want to work well with them. They are going to be selling one of your biggest assets, which is your business. Yes. So it really needs to be somebody that you trust and that you feel comfortable with. You may not find a broker who has ever sold a business like this, and that's fine. It doesn't mean they're not a good broker. However, I would be looking for a broker that has sold a service-based business. Okay. That's very crucial because they're going to be able to market your business and sell it in a way. When I say sell it, I mean talk it up. <laughs> to potential buyers. Okay. One of the main questions, Polly, that I wish I had, had asked my own business broker before I hired him was, how are you going to be marketing this? Okay. Um, and I didn't know to ask that. So I really want you to ask your bro potential brokers as you're interviewing them, you know, what are you going to be doing to market? And the second question is, if those particular marketing streams aren't working for you to attract the right buyer, what are you going to do after that to make sure that it gets sold? Sorry, I'm just writing this down. When That's you're... fine. That's totally fine. So I'm trying to think. Let me see if there's anything else I want to tell you about the broker, like hiring the broker. Oh, in terms of how long it might take to get a buyer, it can take anywhere from three months to as much as a year. So okay. if your goal is to be out of the United States to England by this time next year, I would I would look at not now, I would do it because now is December <laughs> and it's gonna be a really busy time for you, your pet sitting and dog walking company and a broker. But right. I would do it like the first week in January. But what you can do now, an action step that I want to give you is to start researching different brokers. Don't contact okay. them. Just begin to research and get you clear. Mm -hmm. Did, would you? Would I look on Google or? Yeah. What you would yeah. do is I would search Portland business brokers and see okay. who pops up. Some business brokers won't take a business that has less than like two hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> um, okay. They just. But but there will be someone I would imagine who would who would be willing to take this. Because, you know, they're looking at their commission as they're, they're interviewing you as much as you're interviewing them. And they're looking right. at, 
how much am I going to actually make from this? It is a lot of work for a broker to do. Yes. Um, and that's another reason why I would encourage you to get a broker because they're going to do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. Okay. It's a lot of work. And, you know, they're going to be giving you different contracts to look at. I'm going to recommend that you get a business lawyer to help you review those. The broker is going to be giving you contracts. And they're not necessarily going to be in your best interest. You know, you really want to kind of customize those contracts for you and what is in your best interest. So that's why you really want to get a lawyer to look them over. Don't just assume that if a business broker gives you contracts, they're good. Okay. They probably are, but you'll want to just edit them a bit. The way you can find a low-cost lawyer is a number of ways. You can Google low-cost legal aid, Portland. Um, You can also contact the SCORE office, Service Corps of Retired Executives. They offer free mentoring when it comes to these particular areas, and they may have a business, yeah, they may have a business lawyer who's retired who could review those contracts for free for you. Wow. Which would be okay. great. Um, if great. those don't work, then I would go through LegalZoom. It's a membership legal site. So you pay a certain amount each month. And then you can just stop it any time. So, okay. you know, use it for as long as you need it. And then when you're done, you can just end the membership. But it's a low-cost legal aid as well. Great. Thank you. Okay. So any other questions that you have um, so about I, this? Yeah, I was, um, so I know like quite a big network of dog walkers and some just one person and some are bigger businesses. Yeah. Would would it be better, say if I I think there may be someone that I'm like, oh, yeah, so there is someone that I'm thinking of, I think this would be a good new umbrella to her business. Yeah. The office walks. Absolutely. How would I go about that? So you want to be careful with this because my biggest advice for people that are selling businesses is to not talk about it with clients, okay. with staff, with anyone really. Um, however, if there are particular pet sitters and dog walkers that you think might be interested, mm-hmm. I would have them uh, – it's tricky because they're going to probably know if you give them an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, you know. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, you're going to be letting them know that you're going to be selling your business. But what you can say, I would I would get it on the phone. I would not email them. But I would get okay. them on the phone, and I would say, there's something I want to share with you. And in order to share it with you, I know it sounds weird. I need you to sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. Would you be willing to do that? You know, it okay. won't affect you or me in any way except if you were to disclose what I'm going to share with you. And, okay. you know, they may actually get it. They may go, are you selling your business? You know, and if so, then the cast out of the bag with them. And then I would just <laughs> say, can you please not tell anybody and let me send you an NDA to sign? You know, yes, and I'd love to talk to you about it because okay. I think it could be a good fit for your business. Um, so that's how you could do it. I would hand select these people. I wouldn't send a mass email out at yes. all. Okay. So literally just one person that I'm thinking of. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That I think potentially could be good for her. Great. So, um, if she doesn't have the funds to buy it, I would recommend that you contact, have her contact 
SBA, the Small Business Administration. They do small business loans for people that are interested in buying businesses, and they offer those loans at a very low interest rate. There's an application process, and, you know, they make sure that, you know, they have a good credit rating and all of that, but that's a really great way to be able to buy for, for this person to be able to buy a business if for some reason they aren't able to get a loan on their own or they don't have the funds at hand. Yeah. That's great. Oh, yeah. Yep. This is such great information. This is just why I needed. I'm glad. I'm glad I could help you. <laughs> and so would you suggest, so um, the thing that I'm also battling with is, so I've got my off-leash adventures, which is really the main the biggest area that we yep. earn money from, and then yep. there's the neighborhood walks. And a few of the neighborhood walk um, clients were kind of passed down to me rather than, you know, I didn't organically get them. Yeah. And so I'm just wondering, like, morally, how do I... Would that be... You know, oh, oh, that's a good question. So they were handed down to you from... Another pet sitter who's still yes. doing, are they still doing walks? They are, but they're actually wanting to, they're moving away from Portland. Okay. Um, I, I mean, it's literally just mm-hmm. a, a few, like, okay. clients. You know, I love that you're bringing this up because a lot of people aren't looking at the integrity of the business, and it really matters. Like, you know, so I just really appreciate that you even have thought about this and that it matters to you, Polly. It definitely does, yeah. Super. It was just one wonderful. Right thing. I appreciate that. So I would I would actually since this person trusted you enough to give you these clients, I would approach him or her and I would say, you know, I just want to let you know that this is what I'm planning on doing. Mm-hmm. You know, please keep it in confidence. You know, you may not have to have them sign an NDA. They're leaving anyway, you know. Right. <laughs> they don't have anything to benefit from telling anybody. Um, but I would instruct them not to share that at all with anybody. But I would say, you know, I have thought about how graciously you gave me these clients, and I just want to check in with you to see, you know, they are going to be wrapped into the sale of the business. I have no idea if these clients are even going to be here when the business sells, you know. But I'd love to have a conversation with you around this and just see how you feel about that. You know, I would kind of really put an open-ended ball in their court. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yep. Okay. And then, um, um, sorry, I'm just reading my That's other question. Okay. So in the, so when it gets to that point of selling the business, how do I kind of make sure that the clients that I do have stick with, you know, the yep. person that I'm going to sell it to? Or how do I okay. break the news to them? Or Great, great question. So the first thing is you won't be uttering a word until all the papers are signed and the business is actually in the hands of a new business owner. And it happens okay. that same day. So you'll be signing the papers, the money, however much, will be going into your bank account. You know, it may be just FYI about the money. It may be that, you know, they pay you half and then they pay you an amount over time, monthly. You know, that's often the way it works. Um, So you'll want to compose an email along with the new or the potential business owner at that point. 
Um, and then once it's official, so you'll be working on that email together and crafting it together. And then the moment the business is officially sold, then you'll be selling it. And it's okay. a letter of introduction. I would even include a picture, you know, of this particular person who buys it. Yeah. Um, and you want to, of course, stress that, you know, nothing is going to change. And that's really important to make sure the buyer knows that, that most brokers will stress this, so you won't have to. But if you're using a broker, I mean... But, you know, buyers should not change anything in a new business that they bought. They shouldn't raise the prices. They shouldn't change any way of doing anything for the first year. That okay. really helps them be able to kind of keep the business that they've <laughs> bought, you know. Right. Um, so, and if your broker hasn't stressed that with a potential buyer, then you'll want to, to stress that with a potential buyer. Okay. So then what you'll do is, so you'll be sending that email out to your clients, letting them know. If there are particular clients that have been with you since the very beginning that you have a very close relationship mm-hmm. with, I would definitely call them instead of sending that email. Yeah. You know, um, I I definitely would because it's such yeah. a personal thing, you know. It definitely is, yeah. Yeah, you've been taking care of their pets, their home. I know, you know. It feels like you become part of their family. You do. They become part of ours. And Absolutely, absolutely. It's really important. So, you know, and you may, if you don't have a ton of clients, it might even benefit you if, let's say, you have 30 or 40 to make all those calls. It's time-consuming, but, and even I if you left a message... Yeah, that feels kind of more how I would yeah. like to do it. Yeah. yeah, and it's a really personal thing, you know. So I would do whatever feels right for you. So if calling them feels right, but you want to actually figure out a script, not that you're going to follow it exactly, but the buyer will probably want to know exactly what you're going to be saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, you know, that matters to them. So. Yeah. And and they may say, you know what, Holly, I really don't feel comfortable with you calling each one of your clients. I'd rather have you send an email. Okay. And if so, you may need to defer to them and do that. If there's a lot of negotiating when it comes to selling a business, you know, you and the buyer are going to be working very closely together to figure out what's going to be right for both of you. And it's what's right for one person is not always right for the other. But if you really want to sell your business, you know, it's okay to say, you know what, I think you're going to have more likelihood of the owners going with you if I make that personal call. Yeah. You know, you could say that. And what some buyers have, or sellers have done with their businesses is they've actually had like a little party, That's you know. What I was thinking. Yeah, where they meet the new owner and some of the dogs come if it's, mm-hmm. you know, a nice time of year. Well, Portland rains a lot, doesn't it? But, I know. <laughs> that can be tricky, but, yeah. you know, I'm thinking a place where you could bring pets would be great, you know. Um, anyway, if possible, but you don't necessarily need to. It could just be a party where the humans are there, the human clients, the buyer, you, you're introducing them, you know. I think that would be really lovely. That would be really nice. Yeah, yep. I like that idea. Yeah, and that would be in addition to sending an email or calling. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um. Okay. That. Yeah, I really like that idea of the party. 
I'm yeah. always up for a party. <laughs> Good. Good girl. <laughs> um, okay, and um, I'm just reading my questions again. Okay, great. So you definitely think in terms of like selling the business as a whole, I couldn't sell it just as a, a client list. I wouldn't get as You won't. Nope. No. Not at all. Not at all. Nope. That's okay. Cause yeah, and it's more time-consuming in a way to like, because not every pet sitter that you contact is going to want that particular client. It's just, I think it'll be easier for you in the long run just to sell the business as a whole. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, they're going to want to keep the name, even if it's a pet sitter that already has a business, they're going to want to keep that particular name and the website for at least a year, and then they can kind of wrap it in to their right. own business umbrella. Well, and the good thing is my, it's, but it's abbreviated as, oh, so, that's great. So they could just chop my name out and totally, absolutely. Yep. But, um, Kristen, this is so helpful. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm happy to help. I have a, um, a little bit looking at the other side of this. So you going to England, mm-hmm. being in a rural area, um, Am I crazy? Be, well, no. I think I love this vision for you. And, you know, I am a, kind of a rural girl at heart, although I don't live in a rural area, but that's kind of where my heart is. So I'm, I'm a little jealous. <laughs> and I'm super happy for you that you're making this move that really is in alignment with who you truly are and what you really want. I think it's important to live our life from that place. It really Here, is, isn't it? Yep. And here's the thing about this, though. In terms of this kind of business, what I've seen, because I've worked with a number of rural pet business owners, um, Mm -hmm. and it can be tricky because in a lot of the rural areas, dog walking is like, what? (laughs) You know? Or even dog adventures, you know? It's like, what? It's it's slowly changing, which is great. Um, But what some people have done, I, I know two rural pet sitters and dog walkers in particular, um, what they've done is they have actually had more of a doggy daycare at their house mm-hmm. um, or, you know, boarding. They, you know, have to get the appropriate permits and all of that. But that's sometimes what they've done because that's people kind are... Of what I was thinking that... Okay, great. But, well, yeah, because that... Um, I, I think you're right about people being like, what? They pay someone to walk our dogs? Exactly. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just yeah, running no. around by themselves. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but boarding is different. Mm-hmm. You know, and you may find that, you know, you may, if you're open to it, be open to livestock care, you know, where I you're really taking care of horses. And, you know, there's a big need for ranch sitters. Mm-hmm. who come and do visits and muck the stalls and, you know, and that you could charge enormous amounts of money for because it's such a specialized thing and people are really hesitant to um, give that job to just anyone. They really want someone that's local mm-hmm. that, you know, preferably has experience. So if you don't, you could possibly offer it to some of your neighbors, you know, yeah. for a discounted rate just to get the references and the referrals and all yeah. of that. Uh, and then, but I would quickly raise it to the normal rate 
is what a lot of pet sitters do when they're first starting or they've moved locations and they're starting out again because it is like starting out again when you move to a different mm-hmm. location. Um, they undercharge and so they're under earning and they don't raise it quick enough. So you really want to let brand new clients know when you're doing that, you know, I, this one time I'm going to be charging you this, but then just know going forward it's going to be this. And this is a way for you to try me out and I know you're going to love me. Okay. <laughs> Confidence goes a long way. Right? Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. You've got to sell yourself. Totally. Uh, so, um, yeah. do you recommend, because, you know, like you were saying, the, it's just going to be different in a rural area. Yeah. Would you recommend just sticking to, like, one area of pet care? So, if I did doggy daycare, but offer the um, livestock care, yeah. and the off-leash hikes, if that's even something that I can... Yeah. Get going. So, and just so you know, we have one minute left so oh, okay. of our time. So um, what I would recommend, so when you're in a rural area, you sometimes, and I don't recommend this to people that are in cities or towns, to have a number of different services. But sometimes when you're in a rural area, you kind of need to because it's spread out so much that you won't actually get the business you need unless you offer a number of different services that will help the people that are in your immediate area. So for you, I would say that might be something that you need to do. You might want to start out with just, you know, ranch sitting visits and then dog adventures. Um, You also might even want to do some investigating now about where, where you're looking to move to and if there's anybody there who's currently offering that or in the, immediate areas, you know, outlying areas, um, to see if it may be that there is a need for that. Right. Yeah, you that's know? a great idea. Yep. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. This is, like, the greatest opportunity, and I'm so glad I got to talk to you because it's oh. really, it's massively, massively helped. So, oh, thank you. I'm so glad. Well, I've seen your name pop up, you know, in the Facebook group and then also in my email box when you've signed up. I think you've signed up for some webinars. Is yes. that right? Yes. Yeah. So it's just so especially sweet for me to be able to put a voice to your your name. And oh. I love it. And I'm so I feel like for I'm you. talking to a celebrity. I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, getting so excited <laughs> but nervous. Oh, oh yeah. Well, you did it, great, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> you were awesome. <laughs> would it be okay when I do move to England, I would love to, like, do some coaching you with bet. you because yeah, that absolutely. would be so helpful. Cause you I, bet. I coach people all over the world I do Skype sessions and yeah and please let me know what happens regardless so send me an email I really want to know what what happens and what happens to your business I would love that I will thank you for all you do I mean you're welcome brilliant and have a great rest of your day thank you my dear you too thank you okay take care Polly bye bye Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that coaching session with Polly. I really encourage you to go to the show notes. You can see a picture of Polly. You can read the email that she sent me. 
um, along with her application to apply for a free coaching session with me. And you can also see the response that she gave me after the coaching session. So it'll kind of tie up some loose ends for you. And at some point, I may be bringing her back on the podcast to kind of follow up so that you can know, you know, what happened to her. I'm often very curious and wondering what is happening with these coaching clients who work with me and then they're fine or maybe they're not and I don't hear from them for a while. So that is something that will most likely happen in the future with Polly. So to go to the show notes, you can go to prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 37. And that's the number 37. Again, it's prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 37. I hope that you have a wonderful month of January. I will be releasing another podcast segment in two weeks from now on for the near future you will be receiving a podcast episode in your feed every two weeks I'm not sure for how long but at least the next few months and if you're interested in a free coaching session with me to appear on the podcast you can go to the show notes and again that is prosperouspetbusiness.com forward slash podcast 37. Happy New Year. Take good care and have a wonderful week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast. It would be great if you would take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. For any questions, comments, or pet business coaching topics you would like to hear on future podcasts, please visit us at www.prosperouspetbusiness.com or www.sixfigurepetbusinessacademy.com.